just because it was the thing to do no they did it because when i say it was the thing to do as in like that's what they thought that you're supposed to do so when my parents came here it was like the people that they knew here the other nigerians that's what that's what that's what but the you know that a did. lot of our society does that we do the same thing because somebody else does it yeah yeah and it's not necessarily but the I right was, thing i don't think i would say to you um so like being in a foreign country not having that much money, not really knowing that many people, and then being like, okay, now I have to work. I can't stay at home and look after my child. This, this is what everyone's advising me is the best thing that but you can do. But not everybody. That was your circumstance. That was maybe your. No, circumstance. no, no. But I'm talking about that was not just my circumstances. That was a circumstance for a lot of people. Because that's what I spoke to my mum yeah. about in terms of her explaining to me um, why you got and why um, they made that decision. I just think it's harsh to judge them Hello and welcome to Colour Out The Box podcast and as always this is Mo back for another week. I'm going to get the socials out in the beginning so you can follow Colour Out The Box on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Use the hashtag, hashtag Colour Out The Box to join a discussion. So I'm back. Um, I forgot my episode number and I did say I was going to start doing that going forward but anyway it doesn't matter. So um, but this week I am joined as always by a new guest. Or returnee guest, would you like to introduce yourself? How do I even, what does it? <laughs> Just at least say your name. Hi, my head, Jim okay. okay, so <laughs> you may recognise that voice if you listen to episode seven, Africa Calling Part Two. Jimoke was on the episode talking about her experience of being... I don't know, trans Nigerian. Uh, is it trans African? What is it? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So you talked about um, your experience of moving back home to Nigeria and starting, well, starting a new career there um, on that episode. And it was a strange episode because it was a call in. I think we had you over Skype or WhatsApp or something. So yeah technical difficulties we had a few but we managed to get a full episode so if you want to find out more about that do listen to episode number six africa no sorry episode number seven africa calling part two on the line calling all the way from from, Niger- from nigeria. nigeria yeah directly so we have got the source we've got <laughs> direct information exactly the best the best way to for it to happen yeah so um yeah so that we've got jimoke on the line do you jimoke do you want to introduce yourself and tell us a bit about who who you are okay um okay well uh, my name's jimoke um and um basically i grew up in the uk as you can probably tell from my accent no, um, no. i grew up in the uk <laughs> uh, i usually just pretend when people will say to me did you grow up in the uk i say no i got it from television so yeah so i grew up in the uk i was born in nigeria but... do you remember that episode kind of yeah, it was a while I feel ago. Like, I feel like I changed my life every six months. So like the old memories just die along. It was it was a while ago. Yeah. It was um, years. It must be years, no? Yeah, like over two years ago that we did that. Mm-hmm. So in the early days of colour out the box. So yeah. Okay, so Jim okay, Jay, tell the listeners a bit about yourself. Um all right, where do I even start? I think one of the kind of crucial things as well is when we met before, mm-hmm. I was probably living in Nigeria. As yes, you said. It was. I was living in Nigeria. Probably, I would have been back there maybe like at least seven years by then. Yeah, I think probably it was about quite seven, Yeah, about seven years by then. Um, um, and I, I lived there, or I've lived back and forth for a total of nine years now. Mm. Yeah. Um, I, I'll go back to the beginning. So I was working in a professional capacity for a really well-known brand for a while in the UK. Yeah. So I was one of the lucky people straight out of university. I went to work for the brand um, and it was just an amazing experience. Like um, just in terms of the people that you worked with, the experiences, the learning, yeah. the kind of like, um, it was a brand, as a brand manager, um, it was just an amazing experience. And then I was getting really And can I just bored. say, it's a brand that everybody knows <laughs> <laughs> without saying it, but it's, it's, a, it's a very, very well-known brand. 
Um, and then I was getting, but you, well, you can say it. It's like Nike. It was just like, oh, it's fine, yeah. Because you wasn't saying it. Oh, I yeah, no, it no, no. Because I put, no, no, it's yeah, not a secret. So she no. was working for like Nike. <laughs> so, um, so I worked there and then I got started to get bored. I wasn't necessarily performing as best as I could. And I was mm. just thinking to myself, like, what's, what's next to me? And normally in brands like that, people move abroad. Your next step is abroad. Yeah. But I didn't really feel I wanted to go to another European place. Um, and I remember speaking to my boss at the time and he was like, okay, fine. I'll, I'll try and get you somewhere else. Just give me six months. So, um, I think the first place they offered me was like Russia and okay. I was advised not to go there just because it's cold. I could not take the cold. Fair I enough. I don't speak Russian and I've heard it. They're not the most warm to uh, people of my, uh, my, my chocolate tone. Your hue. <laughs> my, my hue. <laughs> so I thought, okay, I, would, I actually sat down with somebody who'd lived in Russia. I think he was, he was either white or Asian and he categorically said to me, no. Okay, don't, don't, don't do bother. It. So then I thought, okay, I'll go on a sabbatical. So I went on a sabbatical for three months. And again, like being on a beach in Spain was not what I wanted to do. So I don't know, I just got this idea. Let me go back to Nigeria. So I went to Nigeria for three months and I had the time of my life. It was just amazing. But again, I went back and I wasn't working. I was just running around doing uh, fine babe stuff. Yeah, you was living um, the baby girl lifestyle. Whatever lifestyle. (laughs) And I had a like absolutely fabulous time. So I came back um, and I was like, no, no, no. I remember before that I said to one of my aunts, I want to move back. And she said to me, no, you have to go back to London, mm. get a job and then come back. Okay. Don't. And I think that to me, to be honest with you, that was one of the best pieces Good of advice. advice I ever got in terms of my move to Nigeria. Because I think a lot of people think that, you know, yeah, I'll just go and get a job. But you went there with a job all sorted. Yeah. So I went there as an expat. And I think, um, yeah, I think for me, that was like what it was really, really important. Because even though the, the transition was still hard mm. and there were some soft landings there, like I was still getting paid in pounds. I still had an international organisation looking mm. after me. I still had my housing taken care of. I had yeah. transport taken care of. Like, I had these, advice. These are big things. You know, these are like, when you're moving to somewhere, those are the key kind of, like, things that you look at in terms of, like, quality of life. Like, health uh, care, yeah. um, standard of living, kind of, like, economy, like, in terms of your money. You know, you look at these kind of big factors. And I was lucky enough that these sorts of things were, were taking were care of for me. So... I did, I went back, got the job working with um, Nike Foundation and Girl Hub, which was focused on um, mm. empowerment of young girls. And then I went back to Nigeria with this role. And I remember I was in Lagos. Remember my mum was like, where are you going? I'm like, oh, I'm going now. And I like, I was literally, I'm one yeah. of those people, when I make my mind up, I'm just like, okay, fine, I'm going to do this. It was There was no question about it. Because I remember when you was on the pod before, like, you went through, like, your whole experience of, like, when you first moved back. And I think a lot of people were that tweeted about the episode were really interested in the fact that okay you decided to make that big move you wasn't necessarily based in lagos straight away like um even that experience i think everyone when they think of moving back to nigeria a lot of people just think about okay moving back to lagos or abuja yeah and it was it was i think it was nice to hear like someone's like different experience of that yeah and then what have you been doing like um um like up until now like what well i think just to to go back to think i think lagos is not just nigeria like exactly it's just not it's not the whole of nigeria and and i i think i've I've been to like nine some crazy amount of states Mm. and not just like pass through them like stayed there Mm. stayed overnight there and there's so much fun to be had in different places in nigeria not not just lagos and not being based in Lagos afforded that to me. Yeah. Um, but it was yeah. very Now, the reason why I say I'm constantly travelling mm. is because Nigeria is not an easy place. Yeah. So I have to throw that in there, that I was afforded, whether mm. it's through my own money or through my work opportunities, to move around a lot. Yeah, so that's So this is a movement. key factor when you move back to Nigeria. If you are sitting in Nigeria for one year, mm. it's hard work. Like, I couldn't stay there for maybe, like, three months solid. Like, yeah. you have to continually leave. Um, so that's why I kept on saying, 
travel, travel, travel. Yeah. Like you, it's an it's an interesting one that I think people when they when they move back to Nigeria they think oh we're just going to move and be rooted there. Yeah. It's not an easy place just to sit in one place for like for like a year. So. At the, so obviously we're recording in the North London studios that is my living room um very very high tech and great <laughs> um but what one you're now based here in the UK or you're splitting your time what what are you doing at the moment well what I'm doing at the moment is um after I did my when I was doing the um the general manager role I was also doing some projects on the side so um Nigeria is an, an environment that kind of like that entrepreneurial spirit seeps into you whether you like it yeah, or not. Definitely. So I was, yeah, so I started Everybody's to do, a business Exactly, <laughs> whether they should or shouldn't be. <laughs> so I started to do loads of different things. I set up my own shisha business, yes. which was going really well. Um, I worked on different projects such as Homecoming. I worked with agencies that were doing stuff with like Facebook and Budek. Okay. So I was doing all of these different um, things in my spare time. So then I, I had this like... I don't know this epiphany that with my current job I'd moved into a general manager role and it wasn't really where I wanted to go I'm more of like a hands-on brand um person so I felt like if I sit in this role and every day getting up and going and driving to Surulere I'm just letting life pass me by and it's not really Mm. where I want to go so I decided to um again leave that job and take a couple of months off okay and I never went back to that job so I took a couple of months off I came back to the UK for a while um just kind of like regrouped went back to Nigeria again, did some work, and now I'm back in the UK. So what I'm actually trying to do and um, is work with influencers, organisations, mm-hmm. or brands who want to activate work in Nigeria or West Africa, but need a brand strategic person or a project manager okay. to, to that they trust and who has international kind of like yeah. standards or understanding um, to execute in Nigeria so so you're almost like bridging that gap totally that is it so Jim okay what are you like up to at the moment and what do you think has like brought you back to the UK and it'll be good to also understand a little bit about your experience of since you've been back does does London feel a bit different you know do you feel like you've kind of like gotten straight back into it or are there things that you're missing about Nigeria as well uh, so uh, that was a few questions yeah, that was a so few. what um so what are you up to now so, so just talk about some of your projects that you're working so now on. what i'm up to is as a uh is really just looking for um because i've made a decision that i want to be based out of the uk quite a bit as well okay because my family's here okay so yeah so for, for that reason i think like um i, I just wanted to be here a bit more but um as I said, it's more about looking for kind of brands or yeah. organisations or people who want to do work in Nigeria mm. or underneath that kind of like um, uh, the brand or brand strategy kind of like scope. Or yeah. So, so um, a lot, most of my clients here, for instance, um, they don't necessarily, they have an idea, but they don't know how it could come to life. In, okay, um, in, in in Nigeria. So you're almost kind of like you're for those international like brands, kind of you're the bridge exactly. to translate it into the Nigerian context. Exactly, and, okay. and not just the bridge. I think with 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 Nigeria as well. Like you ask me what I find so different about London and Nigeria. I, I the energy in Nigeria is just yeah. like it's quite addictive. It's quite addictive as well, and I find that. Um, here, obviously, you've got like the system, yeah, and the, a lot different. of the planning, and then uh, when it comes alive in Nigeria, that's probably when I get yeah. more kind of like excitement because it means I've achieved something there, yeah, um, and I've built something there. So um, that's kind of more what I'm focused on, which is is quite it's quite interesting as well because a lot of people want to do stuff in um, Nigeria, yeah. but they're just not sure how. Okay. Yet. Um, so that's kind of like the service that I'm trying to trying to offer. Also, I have a quite a, a big network. Okay. Um, in Nigeria, of people, uh, not just creative industry, but just generally quite a big network. So you're like connect. So I, yeah, people. so definitely, definitely focused on just connecting different people and in different industries to make sure that it facilitates again. And it's about a two way, yeah, um, two way kind of like um, discussion. Yes. 
um, not just like feeding the UK into Nigeria or back. It's like two ways, yeah. a, a swapping of ideas and just making sure that things happen as well. But but very much in Nigeria. And in terms of you have like your own like um, kind of like personal projects, like um, Dear Niger. Yeah. So what I've done is I've I am um, I have with a friend we started this uh, Instagram page called Dear Niger, mm-hmm. where we just wanted. Um, the ele- the next elections in four years and social media is really is really really powerful. Definitely. So we wanted to be part of that discussion from now, just putting out our viewpoints on. No, and it's not it's not a negative page at all because both the, I have so much like love for my country. I have so much love uh, mm. for my people as well. I just want us to be the best country that we can possibly be. So the page isn't really about like um, oh my gosh, this happened in Nigeria. And yeah. that's terrible. It's more sometimes just about sharing. Uh, information or getting Definitely. people's viewpoints um, and just and I think that was some of the advice we were given when we started the page and was like don't make it too negative no um, because we're not I'm my friend and I we're not we're not generally not negative people mm. else I would I would have just been like you know what forget Nigeria I'm just gonna come but actually my experiences in Nigeria which are reflected through the page have actually been quite amazing Okay. Um, and not for one day on this not for one day do I regret ever moving back so yeah. Um, this page is really about that continuation of uh, how we see Nigeria yeah. through our lens. And um, I'll I'll put the link to the page as well. So yeah, like de- de- Niger. People can and go and have a look for themselves as well yeah. and everything. And it, it's really actually quite interesting because as you're trying to create this page, it makes you start to look at um, other people's information and other yeah. people's viewpoints and what's going on at them. And so... It's it started to feel kind of like um, that I'm understanding even more because you can become quite tunnel vision just in life generally yeah, you can become definitely. quite um, tunnel vision. So in, since we since I've started this page, um, I feel like I'm e- becoming even more kind of like connected and passionate um, about Nigeria. Yeah. And in and in terms of like I said, like since you've been back, like do you feel like because you've been away? Um, from London for a while obviously he was coming back and forth but to be back here like semi-permanently yeah. do you feel it's different oh my gosh I feel do you, do you feel like things have changed because obviously I feel like being in London you don't really notice the yeah. change but someone coming from out back um from outside do you feel like it's changed or is it the same well, old same old I was I was coming in and out quite a bit so I've, I've never really yeah. been more than like three months okay so it's, it's not it's not i think one of the things that's is the city planning has gone like on steroids which yeah. is quite amazing <laughs> and i think for me it's just the amount of people doing like especially black people doing so many amazing things is yeah. just incredible like the last few weeks uh, i've been back maybe about a month and a half the amount of exhibitions and talks and films and discussions i'm just like i'm overwhelmed with inspiration i think also like specifically now because obviously we're in the middle of black history month there's even more stuff that's going on but definitely i feel i think it was even before yeah i think again i think with social media and you know even with like platforms like color out the box i feel it's easier to get information about what things are going on so if people if someone wants to do a live podcast show or someone's got an exhibition a short film it's easier to see those things happening mm. so i really like it because i find like at least every weekend there's something to do yeah, there's just there's just so much going on they yeah. just feel they feel like there's um this really, really nice um, pride in being black. Yeah, and I feel like this and that is a, a massive nice energy. There we go, nice yeah. energy, and it's an, not that um, it wasn't necessarily there before, but it just feels like if it's not even. I'm not going to say it feels like a movement because it's gone past that. I feel like yeah. it's not like a movement. I feel like people just are very, um, are just more comfortable. People are more kind of like. Um, and I don't even have to say it. like I see I meet young girls and young guys who are in like positions of authority in yeah. their roles already, and they're so young. Yeah. When when it when I was when I was leaving London, what about like nine ten years ago? Maybe there'd be like one of us. Yeah. Or at I mean, the most two of us. But now, don't get me wrong. In terms of working for corporates, it's still not quite balanced. 
But I think that's a, along all diversity lines, yeah. male, um, gender, and yeah, as well. But I think it's it's a it's it's moving forward. So it's, it's it's the discussions on the table before people wouldn't even acknowledge probably that that there was a diversity issue. Yes, and no. Go on. <laughs> what do you think? I I think I think it has moved forward, but I I do think some of it has been done for aesthetic reasons to just because it's yes. nice to say that you know we're, we're diverse you know definitely. we're a diverse we have a diverse you diversity know, program yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah so yeah. even the word diversity and inclusion seems to be like banded around yeah, a lot yeah. but anyway let's take a moment and we'll be right back. So, Jim, okay, one of the things that I wanted to talk about um, this week was I went to go and watch um, the film Farming yesterday. And I know that you went to go and watch it as well. So we had quite different experiences going to watch it. I went to my local cinema, paid like £6 <laughs> to go and watch it, which is actually quite hard to find a screening. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, one thing that I was a bit disappointed, um, the film was... Um, it, so it's showing in View and Picture House in London, but I don't think I couldn't find many Odeon cinemas that were showing it. And then also the screening times was very limited, so there would only be like maybe the most two screenings a day, and they kind of had it in places like Peckham, Stratford, Wood Green, Hackney. So you can see there's a bit of a common denominator there. So I managed to we I managed to find the screen in, and yeah, so I went to go and watch it um, yesterday. So you went to the to the premiere. Uh, was it the premiere? I went to. Or you went August, to a screen. Was it? I think it was Cinema World or something like that. Was it Cinema World? Cine World. Cine World in uh, Leicester Square. Okay, nice. Cine World. Cine World. Cine World. Yeah, I think that was what yeah. it was. <laughs> yes. Cine World. Sorry. <laughs> in Leicester Square, and um, basically, my friend runs this site called the couldn't I say the name? Yeah of course. Okay, she runs this site called the Credits UK. Okay. Um and she started it a few weeks ago and it's just she's trying to find all these different she thought there was a there was not enough um sites that show black content or films. Okay. Cool. So I've been following her around. <laughs> okay. Um and she said, Oh let's go and watch uh farming yeah and i'd already heard about what farming was because somebody sent me yeah. the trailer and i was like oh my gosh this sounds a bit crazy so i thought so we, we went and we actually thought that it was just a screening we didn't yeah. know that the director was going to be there oh nice yeah we didn't have any idea so that when, the, then when they were like oh there's going to be a talk from the director afterwards we we're like oh okay that's yeah. going to be really really interesting so um that was it was a very interesting <laughs> yeah film i think you you said a really good point actually because we had a discussion afterwards. We were like, okay, so we've watched this and it's... I think they did about, like, six different screenings of it in different places. Okay. But my friend and I discussed, like, okay, so we wonder where the distribution is going to be. Because that's, that's really make or break. Definitely. Um, and I think... film. So the one of the reasons why I definitely wanted to watch it in the cinema is on another pod, I'd complained about there's a very narrow kind of like narrative of um, the black experience shown in um, especially like British media. And um, we need more kind of like different stories. We need more diversity. So I was like, okay, this is a bit of a different story. Mm. Make sure I go and watch it. But I would say like with the distribution of the film, they don't make it as easy. easy to see it. But anyone that hasn't seen it, do go and watch it. We will try not to spoil the film, though it's based upon his life story. So I don't know, it, by talking about it, really, we're giving spoilers. But anyway, so just to um, give an overview, the film is called Farming. And farming refers to being the, I don't know what you'd want to call it, the private foster system that was occurring, I would say, in like the late 70s and 80s, specifically for West African children. And this story is basically about a Nigerian boy that was, in quotation marks, farmed out to a British um, white family in the 80s while his parents studied and worked and everything and the director is um adewale um akinoyi um agbaje um he's a director and it's based on his life 
Farming is about a phenomenon that uh, happened in England uh, after the Second World War whereby African immigrants coming to Britain would farm or foster their child, put children out of white working class families in order so they could work, study and save. The story follows the journey of a young boy named Enoton, which is based upon my own life, played by Dastin <laughs> Idris, uh, <laughs> who, who is farmed uh, to a white working class couple, uh, played by Kate Beckinsale, who's uh, the, the wonderful complex mother in this. And uh, we, we follow his journey, how he grows up during that process, and um, you know tries to find his identity in a world that uh, he doesn't belong. And he is a, according to Wiki, he is a model, an actor, a director. He's been in stuff such as Oz, Lost, and Suicide Squad. He played Croc. Have you seen that film? No, he was also in Game of Thrones. He's actually a very what, accomplished what, what, actor. Why was, was he in Game of Thrones? If you, you well, I didn't know who he was, and I went and looked at his, his um, back catalogue, and he's a very accomplished okay. actor. I feel like he's that guy Could that play. they call to play like the big black guy in like stuff no but he's a great actor no he, no he was a dad in farming though you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. No, yeah i understood but i'm just saying like i you know when you look at someone you're like oh i know i remember i recognize you i don't recognize i don't recognize him in any film no like, no actually. i do yeah, i don't recognize him but it's basically um the person that plays his character um well him is um damson idris who's also in um snowfall, snowfall. Um, and um, Kate Beckinsale is um, also in the film, as well as Genevieve. I thought that was quite good for her, um, Nigerian um, actress, to be in the film as well. So, first, your thoughts of the film. What did you think? Well, he, he um, during his uh, on-stage interview, was kind of really open and honest um, about the film, and his experience. I think one of the things that really stood out to me is it took him 15 years to make. Yeah. From writing the script to actually producing it. And, but to be fair, it, do you not... It's a really extreme story because in... So, oh, I'm just going to just say, sorry, like if it's spoiling the film for you. In the film, basically, he has experience. He joins a, a white supremacist skinhead gang. Um, during his time, which is quite unusual considering that he's black. Um, so that's basically the premise of the film that in terms of like, that was part of his experience. Um, so for me, I was like, it is such an extreme. Um, for me, that kind of took over the film slightly as well, that part of the film. Because I was more interested in him and his experience and the cultural differences whereas we there was a big portion where we just focus on skinhead culture yeah because i think i think as i said like our two different experiences of it the yeah. film were very different because yes. yeah um i got i was able to hear his exp explanation exactly definitely and i'll say what happened so so there was a young guy that asked him a question at, towards the end of, that said so can you tell us what motivated you to join the skinhead yeah. gang? Yeah. And he looked at him and he said, well, I thought the film explained that. <laughs> okay. And my friend and I were like, kind of like laughing because I kind of understood um, the director's point of view. Like, I've just done this whole film. But then yeah. I also understood what the guy was saying. So he explained and he said, basically, at that time, don't forget, he'd already been taken back to Nigeria and brought back again because he didn't fit in. He had no role model to, to model himself against. So yeah. he didn't have a black dad or black brother or any other... There was no black people in that, yeah. in that county in the, where he was staying. On the news, and these are his own words, on the news, uh, they would be called coons or yeah. the M-word. I can't say the M-word. Um, on jam jars, it would have a gollywog. Yeah. Um, Com um, com comedy programs they'd be saying oh the black person da, 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 da. Yeah. they were actively so there were these constant constant bombardment of your skin colour is disgusting bearing in mind this foster, the foster mum who 
probably if she had had the right facilitation and training she would actually would have been a good foster mom because she in her own way loved those children definitely yeah? and if we if we fast forwarded that to now with cultural sensitivity training she probably would have been a good foster mom she was a lower class woman who was perpetuating what she had seen mm. as black people onto the kids you get your self-identity from your parents and or the you know or the people around he didn't have any of that so the first people who showed him any sort of love, yeah. he he gravitated towards and held on to and did anything. So it's kind of like that Stockholm syndrome or when you get abused. So when he explained that, because in the beginning, I was just like, bruv, you're calling yourself uh, the but, N-word. Yeah. I, but that's, but, I mean, that, that's what I'm saying. That's what, I still think it's an extreme experience. But life is, life is extreme. No, 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 I understand that. Because when I watched it, I kind of thought, so in terms of like the whole farming and being like fostered out and stuff like that, it, it, it was quite common. It's something that I personally myself experienced. I know a lot of other people that experienced it. So for me, I thought the film was like really good, just to give like my overview. But I felt like it was such an extreme um, experience. I don't think it could be representative of the many people's stories that had gone through something similar. Yeah, I, I, I think as well. I think because I, I, I didn't think... there's many people that have gone through that have and you know was brought but up. I... That. But in terms of like joining that specific yeah, but... group. I think it was. Um, I, did, I didn't try to. I didn't look at it like that because I thought I looked at it like that is his experience and his to own. Definitely, I know people who've gone through that and been abused. Yeah, I know people who've gone through that. No, and but been... I'm I'm just talking specifically about just joining the gang. That literally, in terms of like going through those that whole kind of like identity crisis and but the, the same rage, the same but thing. But in terms of like joining that gang. Definitely, and I think even he would have to admit, hence why he's got a whole film out of it, is something that was quite extreme, quite um, the exception. Yeah, and but I don't think he was. I think he was. He was. It, it seemed extreme um, because there were obviously a racist, racist skin. Yeah, down. exactly. Um, but that same premise of what he did is replicated over loads of times where people join gangs for a sense of yeah, belonging yeah. or... Um, and but he didn't... But, but he, he hated being black. Yeah, but it wasn't a gang that necessarily wanted him. Yeah, but then most gangs, are, most gangs as well, like they're just built off fear or that, you know... No, but gangs actively like try and recruit like young people into the gang. They weren't actively trying to recruit him into the gang. I, but we're, we're, yeah, you know what, yeah. we're, we're kind of like going off like... Just in general, like, what did you think of the film? Like, did I, you? I, 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 I literally watched it as this is. Did this you? Is did his you? Story did you like the film? It's not the. It's not. Uh, it's not whether I liked it or not. I thought the film was. Um, I thought. I thought the film was thought provoking. Mm-hmm. I thought the film showed. Um, and if what it did show, which is very interesting to me, is, is, um, it showed. And he actually summed this up as well. And you said it as well. That the journey of black people is, or the story or narrative is very one-sided. Yeah. And the journey of West Indians is is to to the UK is kind of um, shown a lot. Yeah. But there's not a lot about the African um, but I think journey as well. I think with the Caribbean kind of like experience of immigrating to the UK, it has been a recent thing in terms of that story being told. So, you know, like with like Windrush and all the scandal around that. And I I do think it's only now that people are starting to see like, oh, okay, how did the West Africans get here? And But the same with that, I do think that there would need to then be another story about then how did the East Africans get here as well? Because they, so if you talk about the Somali people, people from Eritrea. There's so many stories to be told. They came like, so it's almost kind of like, you know, the Caribbean people came in, say like, I don't know, like um, And they came with the Pakistanis and the Arabs. The then, Iranians, they then the West in, Africans yeah. started. We all started coming in like the late seventies and eighties, and then when you move into like the nineties and the early two thousands, you the, have the, like the East Africans like but coming that's, as well. It's a very clear one because the 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 West Indians came in to fill. There was an active recruitment yeah, of West yeah, Indians of to course. fill job roles. Yeah, yeah, of course. So yeah. they were welcomed with open arms. 
the Africans that came they in, they were welcomed to a point because yeah, I think yeah, if you, yeah, yeah, if, yeah, I right. think if you actually asked, they like, wanted a few, them to keep them. Yeah. A few, um, people and their grandparents and parents that went through that experience they were encouraged to come so i went to this exhibition at um the london um, national library on windrush and even something where okay in the uk they had a shortage of nurses after the war so that's why they were encouraging um qualified but what they were doing is you were having qualified nurses come but they were tricking them when they came here to get them to re-study what they already know and have to pay for those studies as well as working so it was welcome but not necessarily fully welcome yeah. and in terms of where they were living and some of the racism that they experienced i think i think if, if we go back to the essence of farming as well in that context as well and a, a guy asks the question as well he goes this sounds like a quite a predominantly african thing or west african thing because i he, he was like i don't see this i didn't see this happening in uh, west indian culture and um with west indians i think west indians left their kids back in the West Indies and bought them when they were able to as opposed to Nigerians or or and I'm just talking about Nigerians they literally bought their kids left them yeah and they could li- they could live not not that far away from them maybe yeah. less than an hour two hours away and still be in the same country but they would still um yeah or they would go back to Nigeria and come back so it's it, that as well as that in itself as well is quite an interesting um dynamic to the way yeah. that the the, the two kind of like cultures or societies yeah. built up in, in the in the UK because one of the things that stood out to me about farming yeah is the the family that he left they left the son with she was the equivalent of probably what their house help would be like in Nigeria yeah but because it was in England yeah and she was white yeah they were willing to leave the upbringing of their only son yeah to somebody who probably doesn't have the same like values in terms of info, like mm-hmm. as them, which is another really interesting thing. Like you didn't have to bring your child there; you had a whole setup in Nigeria. So it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a question that we, somebody asked, and I was like, he said he he could never discuss it with his parents. His parents would just like sweep it under the carpet. So just going. So I don't want to give away the whole film because I do want people to yeah, go yeah, and yeah, like yeah, yeah. watch it. So let's talk about so our own experiences. So as I said, when my parents, I was born in Nigeria, and my parents came here, and I was, I don't think we, no one really used the word farmed out. Um, I didn't even know about it until yeah. This film. <laughs> so we we just call it you was fostered out or you you went outside. So that was basically you was going you went to go and stay with a family and you lived there and the reason my parents did that is because you know they were studying and working at the same time and also I and I had spoken to my parents about it it was something that when they first came everyone else was doing it Mm. and that was kind of like what you did Mm. so in terms of like money hours that they were working it made sense to place me with this family and I would live there and everything. And, you know, for me, it wasn't for very long because I was a very clingy child. So I wanted to come back all the time. But it, it's something that um, did happen for me. And I've spoken, I've got like cousins that, you know, went through like most of their primary school, living out with, you know, their so-called, in quotation marks, foster parents. So it was something that happened quite a lot. But it's really interesting because, like I said, it was... When you think about it, you are trusting your children with strangers and everything. But I I think it was... I think that was more dictated by class and money because in the other respect, I have other friends that they went to boarding school. So while their parents were, like, working or studying or doing other things they were in boarding school so again they were in a different system you were still away from your parents but you was um in like a in a school instead of um living with a family so but for me it's just there are parallels there as well how about you what was think, your experience i think for me like i I, I was i can't even remember the age or anything i just remember there was a family living and I can't even remember the age. And I still speak yeah. to them to this day. Like, okay, it was actually fine. that's nice. Remember, they even sent my sister and I, like, loads and loads of pictures of us. So I was I was okay. Um, 
So where was so what actually happened? So, so I think we were just like fostered of how you were, but yeah. I, I don't have all the details to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. But um, we, we must have been quite young, like around. I can't even remember what age it was. And then I also went to boarding school. Okay. Um, and I must have been like I don't know under 10 or so okay so you know like the thing with nigerian kids from from the age of four you're deemed it's deemed acceptable to send your child to yeah. to, to boarding school so i i don't i don't really understand i still don't understand why so many parents did it like i just i ne- do i, I, I never do. really got to i do i think it was it was a lot of in terms of the whole foster thing it was money was a driver in terms of um it was cheaper um, and I think even in the film, it explains where the white family just answered like an ad in the paper. And I read a um, Guardian article about it. At those time, you didn't. It wasn't necessarily like governed or um, official. Such a, it's such a risky thing to do. In hindsight, of course. So but, risky. But I. But I think when I would, I don't judge like any parent that did it. Because I think it was, if you think no, about it. No, I do. I, I don't, because I think it's... I do. I, I, I definitely do. I think a four-year-old or a child, and you're, 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 you haven't fully... So do you judge your parents for putting Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my mum took, like, she, she took... Yes, definitely. Are you kidding me? Like, I'm not going to hold back from that. You, you, you put your child... You gave your child... You gave your child to somebody who you don't really know or anything like that yeah that's to me that's an issue yeah but i think i think it was a different time yeah but you're asking would i do i think no it's an no issue no with myself? I, and i, and cause, I do because the thing is though i think it, i think even if you ask any of the parents that did it then would they in the, knowing what they know now the knowledge that they have um in hindsight definitely my mum would never do it again. but you, you you hit on a really clear point you said um Yours is interesting because you said you were a clingy child and your mum took you back. So how long do you think you were there for? Um, I don't think it went on for that long, but also I was. they had an opportunity to have me back as well. So they found someone that was local that I could go to during the day. So it, again, circumstance as well. So I think it's. it would be... I don't think I can judge them in terms of like the decisions that they made because at the time, that's probably they thought they were doing the best thing. Yeah, but you, you, there was another one you said where a lot of people did it just because it was the thing to do. No, they did it. Because, when I say it was the thing to do, as in, like, that's what they thought that you're supposed to do. So when my parents came here, it was like the people that they knew here, the other Nigerians, that's what that's what, that's what. But you know that a lot did. of our society does that. We do the same thing because somebody else does it. Yeah, yeah. And it's not necessarily but the I right was, thing. I don't think I would say to you, um, so, like, being in a foreign country not having that much money, not really knowing that many people and then being like, okay, now I have to work. I can't stay at home and look after my child. This this is what everyone's advising me is the best thing that but you can do. But not everybody... That was your circumstance. That was maybe your no, circumstance. No, no, no. But I'm talking about... That was not just my circumstances. That was a circumstance for a lot of people because that's what I spoke to my mum yeah. about in terms of her explaining to me um, why you guys... and why um, they made that decision. Yeah. I just think it's harsh to judge them on me going, of course I'm not going to, like, you know, place my child in strangers. I don't think, it's, I don't think it's, it's harsh at all. I think it's, like... Because um, the same when, way... When some of the people you've spoken to are fine. Some of the people I've spoken to... No, no. Some of the people are, that I've spoken are, to are not fine as well. It's totally different. Like, I know one girl whose mum literally lived not that far from her. And I don't... I don't and when, when she questions I her mum... I don't her disagree mom, with that. Her, the decision was, was very selfish. I wanted to do this. So why yeah. did you have a child then and bring that child to the UK? So that's all, that's all... I don't disagree with that because, like I said, this is something that I knew was occurring for a lot of my cousins, a lot of friends, a lot of people that I'd go to church with. Like, it was quite normal for us, especially because I'm the eldest child, for the eldest to have at some point have lived outside or to have been fostered out. I'm just saying... I'm not excusing it. I'm saying I, I'm, I don't judge it. I understand why certain choices were made. But definitely... So even in terms of the risks... I was like, okay, and I think it was demonstrated in the in the film. You know, there's you know, in terms of like some children were abused, 
There was also the issue where even just simple things like loss of culture. So I thought it was quite interesting, like when which can happen in boarding school as well. Exactly, yeah, where you take happen. the child back now and you expect them to fall in line, which is a typical Nigerian family yeah. way when you haven't actually. So fully I don't them. speak my language very mm. well. Um, so that was something that I lost because majority of my time I was spending with. Uh, an English British like family even when I wasn't fostered out and I was going to childminder from early in the morning to basically in the evening and then just coming home to really just to sleep yeah yeah. um so you you do you 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 lose culture you lose language you it affects it can affect that relationship with your parents as well so like I said, in hindsight, I don't think there's many like parents that would be like I would repeat that again. But I think hindsight is 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 a bit of a yeah. luxury. With farming, he said it wasn't until he did the film, and this yeah. man is like nearly fifty something. Yeah, before his mum fully understood what had the implications were of that yeah. decision. Yeah, and I I find that with a lot of parents as well. I think a lot of I won't, I'm not. A, I'm not a parent, so I don't know. I'm, yeah, I don't know the I, decisions I know. that I'm going to have to take in life in order to. They, I know it's uh, it's a hard one. I get where you're coming from. Yeah, I'm just saying that some of the some of the for better want of a word farming. Yeah, <laughs> experiences I've heard didn't need to happen like that. Yeah. And but and then some people had some really bad experiences, and I don't think anyone like disputes that. Even the people that had you know good experience, I don't think, as I said, those parents given a chance again, they would want to repeat that. But as I keep on saying, I think I understand why it happened. But you you you, yeah. you did give a really good example, like you you said like the loss of culture yeah that occurs and that loss of culture can also occur when you um go to boarding school or when yeah. you grow up with a um in a household that's not maybe um like your your own mm-hmm. um and that's to be honest that's why i can understand why that farming incident happened yeah but i i do think it was really interesting and like and i i i think there's so there's another film called i think the last tree which i'm gonna oh, see as well when are you watching that um i don't know soon oh probably. let me know if you do yeah um which is a similar story about in terms of like a, um someone being but it's from a different angle isn't it exactly yeah, and yeah. that's what i was trying to get to the point in terms of like farming is for me was a good story but it was such a um unique story I feel I I really want to hear more stories about people's different experiences, good and bad, because it's so nuanced. Because I have friends that okay, they didn't go through the whole fostering out experience that maybe that I experienced, but then they were maybe like um, a latchkey kind of like kid in terms of like they would go to school, come oh, home, but- let themselves in. There's ones that stayed at childminders, and then there's ones that went to boarding school. And I feel that the... I think I did a mixture of all. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the immigrant story, for yeah. me, it kind of made me think of that very tired old saying of black people are not a monolith. But in this kind of instance, it's even just saying West Africans are not a monolith, Nigerians are not a monolith. Like, even people within my family had different experiences. So you... It, it it's so nuanced but that's it, that's what i that's literally what i love so much about farming because we can go to another film and and maybe not relate as much but just watch yeah. it for the pure entertainment factor yeah. like a film like farming i didn't necessarily see myself in there no but i could and that's that's what happens when you start to open up these different dialogues and these different stories you start to like as you just said yeah you start to see these different experiences that you might or might not see yourself in and, but and it, i create some more and i thought it was just really interesting because i was um the day before that i watched it i mentioned at work that i was going to watch this film and they were like oh what is it about is it about you know farms in nigeria and i was like no (laughs) so when i explained it everybody went a bit quiet but even that like people were genuinely they wouldn't go and watch it it's not a film they would actually no they they were they said they were interested when i went to the screening that i went to was absolutely full and the audience was predominantly white yeah, that yeah. watched it. Um, but I genuinely think that people were just like, oh, I just didn't even know that this occurred or this is really interesting. So I feel like it was even just nice to have like a different story being told about have us. Have you, um, can I talk about another film? That I yeah, go on. I went to um, uh, the BFI uh, festival, BFI? 
Yes. In the festival last week. <laughs> and there was a film there um, British film called Institute. Walking in the Shadow. Walking okay. in the Shadow. Um, and it, you need to go and watch it. It's about a guy, a Nigerian guy who's gay. Okay, yeah. And it's really, really interesting. And I was like, I know the actor, and I said to him afterwards, like, that's so brave of you mm. to... Because he said his mum was like, oh, what are you doing? And he's like, yeah, no, mum, yeah. no, it's fine. <laughs> um, but um, these sorts of provocative discussions and films I think I really really welcome them I but really, really I don't even them. think they're even that provocative it's just basically just someone they are to... because they're not told through the African lens so they no, are no but that's what I'm saying they are. in terms of like provocative makes it sound like you know like they're like extreme or unusual but they are in that, co- in that cultural context no in terms of I think we're, to- we're saying the same thing but what I'm saying is that these are just like very real stories so if we were told um, if we were allowed to like tell these stories more often, then it wouldn't be seen as yeah. But look, um, look at the farming guy. He wasn't able to tell. He tried to talk to his mum no, no, so no. many so I, many times. It I, took a film for him to heal. Yeah, I understand that. But I think, like I said, if having these kind of like stories being told opens up the conversation we just yeah. need the space to do it more often yeah, so that's what i would say so for me like when i watched farming i was like okay that's you know i thought that was a really interesting film but it made me just was like thinking like oh you know it'd be so cool like maybe if we could have like a mini series just kind of like showing the people's different experience of that kind of like but that immigrant story yeah see i think of it differently <laughs> is fine but that's yeah. that's what i took away from it because when i watched it especially the ending where oh no i'm actually i'm not gonna spoil it but <laughs> when i watched it i just thought okay like that for me i kind of like i did resonate with so with some parts of um his character because i was like oh, i understand that and the culture shock of then going back to your culture and then stuff like that definitely so I was like, okay, cool. Like that opens up a whole new conversation about like people's different experience of what they went through. Because I was like, okay, how would it have been for the girls? Like you know, you know that yeah, would how yeah, that she, would she, have she been different. So which I don't want to say a spoiler. Oh gosh, when they went back, yeah, and they had two more kids. Yeah, that's like which is you know exactly what happened and it's even exactly what happened and even so do you, do you, so yeah so i like i said like cuz there's so much more yeah. because did you not find like you know there was parts of the film and again without spoiling it towards the end without giving it away that it felt a little bit rushed because yeah, there was yeah, a whole yeah. segment yeah. of his life that we had to kind of like fast forward yeah, yeah, through yeah. and i was like oh my gosh that would have that in itself can be a whole new but that film, film that is a chapter. film that could, yeah could go on Do you know for a very and long that's time. and that's what i'm talking about how did about. you get to america exactly <laughs> like, so how did things. you go from tilbury yeah, to yeah. like hollywood you yeah. know like the, where the, what, what was the jump you yeah. know like you know so that in itself i think would be interesting so i'm hoping that this is just maybe like a sign of like having more stories being told like this about um people's different experience and it's not just like an isolated thing because especially with both films being out at the same time um so we've got but has there been any connection with them or that all it all i've not seen the last tree so i don't know so but i just know that it's a similar kind of like foundation like storyline So we'll probably have to... Well, well let's go and watch it and we'll the talk more about it. The, the, I, think, I think just to, to kind of, like, reiterate your point, the more... Even, like, for me, like, as I said to you, I've been here a couple of weeks now and I just feel like my learning curve yeah. <laughs> of stuff is just... Do you, do, you, do you know what I mean? I went to um, Somerset House to see the um, stand-up speak, speaker. Yeah, yeah I went And to even there well. I learnt something. So yeah. even, in, even with farming, I learnt something. So... I think that's why it's really, really, again, so interesting to have these sorts of films. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about it. We're sitting here yeah. talking about it. And in that sense, um, would, would we ever have talked about farming? Would it ever really have come up well, with people? as I said, I went to watch it with one of my friends and she was just like, you know, we were talking about the film and I was like, oh yeah, so you know when I was fostered out and she was just like, what? I didn't know that Did about you. Did she look at you, you. differently? She, <laughs> <laughs> so... Were you a delinquent? <laughs> I mean, she's a Nigerian um, girl herself, so she she but she was surprised. Some that. people are really really surprised. So 
it it brought a whole conversation that we had about it in terms yeah. of like okay this is our different experiences she would be like why but why yeah. but why <laughs> <laughs> no she was she was just more kind of like um was it that common and i was like yeah mm-hmm. it was i did i literally didn't know it was called farming I don't think it is called farming. I think it's something... They made it. I think, you know, the British people yeah. are, they have a term <laughs> for everything. In terms so. of, like, us Nigers, like, I, I think the most we would say is, like, oh, we were fostered. Such a derogatory term, Yeah, though, no? we just said that we were fostered. We, you know, people refer to, oh, yeah, I have a foster mum. Do you think but... it's a point of shame for some people? Does it depend on what the experience was? I think it depends on the experience. So, for me, I, definitely, I wasn't ashamed. I'm not ashamed about it. Yeah. It was just something that happened. We say I, happy birthday to each other still. I barely remember the experience. But, like I said, I, for my knowledge, I didn't have a bad experience. I know that there were situations that my mum said that this is with just a child minder that, you know, we had to change a few because... Um, you know some of them were not very good like for instance like not changing my sister's nappy and stuff like that so but back then you any that anybody could be a child minder so you remember especially to young black kids do you you remember i remember when they actually passed a law that everyone has to be registered like you had to be a registered child i remember when that happened because the child minder i had had to go through that process so it's can you imagine? You're yeah. just like these kids but are just it, being it, placed into is like a process, though, isn't yeah. it? Because they would never have thought that maybe the things that could happen could could happen. Because like one of the girls who um I spoke to who was farmed, her mum used to send farmed. stuff farmed. <laughs> yeah. like, her mum used to send stuff to her. Yeah. And the foster mum used to give it to the other kids. Yeah. Just to be mean. Or well, she'll just be mean to her and for also, no real reason. It was also, like think about it. That... Technology makes things so easy. So now, yeah, you know, easy. even if your child is in, you know, nursery here, you can call the nursery. You, you can, can watch them on the camera. You can watch, yeah. um, you know, like we have a friend that she's got a, um, a live-in nanny. She has cameras all over yeah, her that's, house. Yeah, that's standard now. And just, you know, so she can be at work and just log in through her phone and just see what the nanny is doing with her child mm. and everything. So it's, it's a really different time. But, yeah. I, I and they, were, they also seem to have had a lot of kids, like one family, like... That that lady in farming had what like six kids, but then it's, it's it was a business as well. Yeah. That's that's the thing. What we need to remember: it was a business. You got you received money from the parents, so obviously cash like in a, hand money like, as well. Like right? any business, yeah, the yeah, more kids yeah. you have, the more money you're gonna make yeah, as well. Um, but yeah, I definitely recommend anyone to go and like watch the film. It's interesting. Go with someone so you can discuss it as well. Definitely. Um, yeah I don't know I don't know if I'd watch it again see you know you asked me the question yeah you said to me did you sorry I was getting comfortable I was getting comfortable like yeah bro let's let's (laughs) Let's talk bro let's Let's talk let's talk (laughs) but you know you asked me the question like and I'm terrible at cinema I'm terrible in the cinema sometimes yeah so I get distracted you know already I get like got my phone and stuff like that and I don't like violence so certain parts of it so you asked me the question did I love the film no, I just said, did you like it? Did you say I like? Did you say did you like it or not like it? Yeah. Or did you say? And I don't know. Mm. But what it did do is prompt discussion, and his art form made me think. Yeah. So you know, like sometimes you might see a painting, you don't, you might not like it, but yeah. you discuss it or you can appreciate. No, and I, I think I, that that's my feeling with that film. It's not I, something I would. I don't. And the thing is, I didn't go there thinking that I was gonna leave the cinema a changed woman. Do you know what I mean? All happy and clouds. I had I didn't have any idea. I I I kind of because I knew the story already before I went to go and see the film. I'd already read about him. Um, I'd listened to quite a few other podcasts as well about the film but um i i kind of just left was like um definitely it was thought provoking i was like There's something underlining that you think about like i was like <laughs> but there was definitely some things that i didn't like and i don't want to spoil the film um for people because i would definitely recommend people to go yeah. and see it but so for instance the portion that was shot in nigeria i thought was too short and was very kind of like narrow in terms of that view of Nigeria. See, I thought I thought that was such 
So I thought that was a shame, that part. I don't know. You know what? Let's just say it. I'm, yeah, so spoiler. I, I thought we're going to spoil the I film. I just felt like, and I know that that probably We're going to spoil the film. So just going to say, so basically. <sighs> I just was like this. When, oh. he, when he returned, when as a child, his parents basically came and collected him from the UK and they took all the kids back to Nigeria for a period of time. And they did like um, a ritual ceremony um, on him. And part of the ceremony is um, they were doing prayers and they cut him with a blade on his chest. Yeah, that's the bit that we're referring to. Now, that does happen, says the person that's got the marks around her belly button. Yes. Who did that? Um, Let's let's get into that bit and everything. That does happen, but my point was when they showed that scene in the film. So I'm in the. Aud- you just have to. You have a social responsibility when you show you stuff just, like that. You just have to be careful with something like that because it was shown. It was probably one of the longest scenes and that they showed in Nigeria. So it's almost kind of like it was like, oh, thank God, he's gonna send him back to the UK. That's how I felt. Like it kind of it showed. Um, it, it played out. Obviously, that was his experience. That was his story. But I just felt that that Nigeria portion of the film, it would have been nicer seen a little bit more. Yeah, I, because just, the I, only I, was, other I was just scene, really, like, rolling my eyes at that part. Because the be only other scene was him was in school being ready to be, like... Beaten. Uh, yeah. Flogged um, with a cane by the yeah. teacher. But, so, the, but the, the, the thing is... Shema. Yeah, go, go. The, the thing is, you know, with human recollection... Yeah. How something happens is not always yeah. how it happened. So, to in terms of respect for the director, that's what how he he, of course. he remembers it. But I also think as well, he has to know that that is a film that he has to stay true to his recollection. But it's also a film as well that is gonna be. Um, Interpreted in a number of ways, so I just thought it was just very and like also, stereotypical, like oh, it's, it's gonna, chicken. It's, oh God, I'm going too far. I don't want to talk too much about what happened. No, but if but even that because you like you said, I think you um you kind of hit the point there in terms of that responsibility. So you're not just telling a story to people that are Nigeria. You're not just telling that story to people that are African, West African. Your this story is being told to people that don't understand Which any you, of those, any of really that context. Um... And also, the film, to be fair, two hours is not a long time to mm. tell a very big, detailed story. So when you throw in a scene like that in a yeah. film. It, and to an audience that is not familiar with why that was done and Nigerian culture or what that meant or why they were doing it, it felt it was just like oh they're abusing the child and stuff you know so so that was that was probably one of the moments where I was a li- little bit do you know, like no idea like, uh, yeah. and yeah. and that's why sorry just to cut yeah. you off there they spent so much time explaining skinhead gangs. And why they wear like I learned why they turn their jeans up three times. I learned like you that know the music. I didn't the know music. the Jamaican influence. I learned yeah. about like why they wear certain things. So why they had rivalries. So I was like there was so much time spent to explain this racist skinhead gang. Could we had a little bit more time for? What, but what the, was the going point on in what Nigeria. came across is he didn't really understand Nigeria. And, and the, that's the, 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 the thing about the Nigerian... To be honest, that w- was evident But he me. also set that up in a way, as you said, to make you think, oh gosh, thank God they took the child out. Yeah. Because from the moment he came off the plane, it's like it was like hot you saw them sweating and you saw the kind of like the people surrounding them and it was constant like yeah like like, yeah (laughs) it was just it was just high tension yeah um so i think i think he said you're right he i think he set that up like that like you said it's about your your personal experience your memory your recognition you know recollection of the (laughs) of, of history so that was how he saw it. That's how he felt he experienced it. So that's what he told. Mm-hmm. But I just think that for me probably was one of the reasons why I was a bit like, You felt oh, a bit okay. away. But in terms of the film, I feel still think people should go and watch it. Okay.
Okay, so we've come to the end of the podcast. Um, Jay, Jimoke, my nemesis, my friend. <laughs> Thank you for joining me and having a chat with me. Um, before you go, just tell um, the listeners where they can find you. Um, so you can find me um, on Instagram and the page is called Dear Niger. And it's just really interesting content on Nigeria. And it'd nice. Be great to hear your um, your views. Raises some interesting discussions. There we go. Um, and if you're interested in doing work in um, Nigeria, um, you can contact me on LinkedIn and that's jimoke.adikunle. Um, or if you just want to connect or um, network, then that's fine as well. And I will put all the details in the podcast description to make it super easy for everybody. Um, so yeah, as always, you can find Colour Out The Box on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Do use the hashtag. Thank you to everybody that listened to the previous episode. So the previous episode, um, Jim McKay, was all about um, Kings of R&B. I had um, DJ Impulse. It was a music episode because we wanted to take a break from Brexit um, black people being killed you know the economy so we decided to have just do a music episode and we talked about who our favorite male r&b artists are and you i even made a playlist and thank you to everyone that's listened to the playlist and that's also listened to the episode and if you want us to do a women or female r&b um version do let me know because then i'll put that into work and if you have any feedback about this episode or things that you agree with disagree with any feedback you want to give to Jim okay about her views do share use the hashtag color out the box so until next time we'll see you soon bye sleep by that time i'm terrible but yeah i've gone i watched all three seasons and the reason i watched it is because it's the same actor the same young actor that's in farming yeah um it's an incredible young man damson idris incredible where's he from i don't know i assume sierra leone it's a very uh there's a very neutral black name. <laughs> he can literally be from from, from from the West Indies to Blippin. He's a Mauritian he's, black. He's a black kind of, British. He could, be any, he could literally be anything he's with that name. He's a black British. But that's, that's it. That's all you need to know. Okay, let me listen to that back.